Hello, hello, and welcome to this March 30th, 2012 edition of The Chat Room. We're right back here with you. It's Friday night, 5 o'clock. Elizabeth and I are sitting here taking your calls for the next hour. Hey, Marie Stone. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited. It is Friday. I put a little extra makeup on, and I'm going to see Mr. Zero after this, and we're going to have a little date, maybe. You said it's Cleavage Day. Is it really Cleavage Day? It's like National Cleavage Day or something, and the reason I know this is because I read it on Facebook, and that's where I get my news. <laughs> you, look, you look like it's cleavage. All my news information. Yeah, well, you know, I have my push-up uh, something or other on. and um, You're wearing the leopard skin. I've uh, got the leopard. I'm like cougared out, man. I've got my yeah. tight pants and my motorcycle boots, and I'm ready for Mr. Zero and the weekend to party. Awesome. Awesome. Woo-hoo. My kid has double sleepovers this weekend, so... Oh, well, then you'll have to meet yeah. us out. I know, we should. Huh? Yeah, double sleepover. <laughs> double sleepover. It's like you won the lottery. Oh, man! <laughs> i got to get a lottery ticket after this. Like, I'm like, could somebody just take her from one to the other? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never have to see her again. It's fantastic. Well, yeah, not this weekend, anyway. Oh, good. So, uh, you are tuned in to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're broadcasting live from the University of California campus in Irvine. We're streaming on the web at KUCI.org, and we are podcasting every sultry minute of this show. Uh, You can check us out at KUCI.org. You go to the archives. You can scroll down to the chat room, click on us there, and every single one of our awesome podcasts is up there yeah. for your listening pleasure. It's up there. It's up on uh, my website, too, ElizabethZero.com, if you'd like to mm-hmm. go to my naughty page. Along with all kinds of other Very fantastic stuff. <laughs> bizarre <laughs> confessions from a sad, strange woman. It's awesome. Uh, so today, we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, a quick announcement. Today is the last, um, the last day of winter quarter. And so to go out on winter quarter and welcome the spring, uh, we thought we might chat about breakups and uh, breakups, divorces, what causes them, the big reasons for them, and um, what to do when you find yourself in that situation. So we, uh, we are joined also by awesome new co-host who's coming on in the spring, uh, spring quarter. He's going to be um, sitting in with us today, and uh, he's going to be welcoming himself in just a minute. He's late. He's getting seated. I apologize. He's good. He's here. <laughs> I like... What's up, Dana? I don't like my mic's on. Here I go. Oh, now my mic's on. You're there. Is that You're there. there I am? Okay. We're, We're all together well again. Okay, We're good. here. How are you? Who is this handsome young um, man you, yeah. that is in our studio, Marie? Tell I me. Know. I invited this boy into our room. What do you think? <laughs> boy, I just came in here to audit your... your um, radio show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are we how doing you guys, so far? So far I'm impressed. Is this like when the um the the person comes in to see how the teachers are doing? Yes. I'm he's he's like our own UC Board of Regents sitting right, right here. Okay, it's very exciting. Yeah, so you're going to join us next quarter. Certainly. And um I will Right now, be back. I'm going to get headphones. Excellent. Excellent. Go do so that. You... Oh, wait. Here's some. Do you want these little ones? Uh, They're just... Let me see if I can... Do they have the in. thing? Do they have the thing? I don't know if they have the thing. Um, yeah. So anyway, today we, uh, we're going to get our new co-host settled in, settled down, strapped in, strapped down. And uh, we are talking about divorces, breakups, kind of, you know, end of... Um, End of relationships since the since the quarter is kind of coming to an end, and uh, and we can you know purge ourselves and then start out on a on an awesome new quarter. I was nervous that that when you said breakups, you wanted to do a show on breakups last week. It was because I was going to be taking a little bit of a break. I know. Well, a little that that was chat room, and you were sad. I was sad. I was sad. I thought you were leaving me, but that's okay. But you know, I'm actually going to be right before you at 4:30 on Fridays on Zero Talk, so our listeners can just tune in half an hour earlier. Yeah. And then maybe it's an hour and a half of goodness. Maybe sometimes I'll sit in with you again on the chat room. I love that. When you need someone who's narcissistic that wants to talk all about themselves <laughs> and their lives. <laughs> that would be me. That would be you. That would be me. <laughs> I like it. All right. So we'll dive in. We'll talk a little bit about the big reasons for for divorce and why marriages break down. Uh, there are ten of them. Anybody want to give a guess as to big big reasons that people split up? Um, he stops having as much uh, money. <laughs> Stopped having and much she money. She doesn't like that. 
um, the credit sex, card has been this <laughs> credit card is maxed out, and the sex is ending. Those are a lot. I think sex is a big one. Sex is number five. Sex is number five. Ding ding. Not even one. No number. Well, one number one might be related. Number one's infidelity. Oh, but so, yeah, sex, sex is number is five. Else. You know, interestingly, they grouped sex in with um, fertility problems, which I think is a bit unfair. I think, but you know, I think those are two really separate. <laughs> Issues. It certainly makes sex not fun, having fertility problems, I've heard. Right. If you're, if you're always trying to get pregnant, you can't. But I got pregnant in a hot tub, so I would Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if you put on a cheerleading outfit and get in the back of your car, your <laughs> odds go up tremendously. <laughs> but anyway, that's a story for a different time. And that's the how your daughter was made. Exactly. <laughs> story for a different time. All right, so number 10 is differences in priorities and expectations. And, um, you know, those yeah. are sort of... Uh, they, they can be anything, but, you know, yeah. the the idea would be to sit down and sort of try and come to some compromise. I've got one. Oh, you do? What is it? Yeah. It's a high ratio of negative to positive memories. I had just mm. heard this in a class. It's one of the things that I'm hoping it's on the list is all. So give me a... Well, let's go on. Okay, negative to positive memories. Continue. So in your interactions with your partner, if mostly... You feel negative about her because of some interactions in the past that you haven't worked through. You will have more of a chance or you'd be more likely to have one of these things maybe crop up, one of these top ten, and for it to be an issue. That makes sense. Yeah. So if you guys hang out a lot and you do fun stuff together, good. But if you mostly mope and mostly he's the one that brings you down or maybe you just express a lot of negativity toward him. Is that on the list? Well, interestingly, what you're talking about comes up a little bit later about there's this guy out there, John Gottman, who can predict your ability to stay together by 94% by spending like five minutes with you. And mm-hmm. you, he can do it before, you, before you've got married, um, you know, early on in your dating life, or he can do it after you've been married for 20 years. Your patterns are pretty much set mm-hmm. right away. And they don't vary. Well, which is so. what I, I was going to mention, that premarital counseling or just, you know, pre-engagement counseling is so great. Because even if you don't go to a counselor, they have so many books out there now. And the one that I got before I married Mr. Zero was, um, you know, the hard questions. Right. And you literally go through those questions ahead of time. But a lot of people are like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll all work itself out. It's my third time. I, I think I know what I'm doing this time. <laughs> Isn't there something about third time in charm? Yeah. yeah. This is going to be the one. <laughs> yeah, but as you were saying, uh, Dana, the um, so what he looks at are five good interactions, five nice comments to everyone, mean comments. I think the ratio that tends to break people up is when you have five times as many negative kind of yeah. interactions as positive. Right. And that You suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it's a lot of that, if it's a lot of he gets home and he's angry at you, and that's the only thing you get all day, that can kind of add up. I guess it's kind of related to that emotional bank account thing. Yeah. I read about that somewhere, too. But go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Number nine, addiction. So ten is? Ten is um, differences in priorities and expectations. Okay. Yeah. So. Which is a little amorphous. That's, yeah, it's sort of addiction is a little bit everything. More. Yeah, addiction. <laughs> Addiction's exactly. a little more concrete. And there's so many to choose from. I just can't decide. Yeah, drugs. Which addiction, you mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which one you like the most? <laughs> what makes you the happiest? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I sort of, you know, vacillate between a few. Yeah. Do you have any addictions? Alcohol. Really? You think you're addicted? It's not good. It's not good, Elizabeth. <laughs> she made it in. Right? Is that I'm why here. you send me naked pictures of yourself yes. at midnight every night? No. It's, it's, it doesn't um, help. It doesn't help. Well, oh, but I did get an email from you. It was like at 9 o'clock at night, and you seemed like you were not, It was like an awfully happy email instead of your no, normal just not like, me. yeah. That was wasn't like, for wonder, me. <laughs> no, it was from you, but I was like, oh, I wonder if she's drinking because it was funny. Or than you normally are. I mean, you're pretty... Never mind. Just keep going. What's number eight? Being annoyed with your (laughs) (laughs) co-host. When they tell you you're not funny. Yeah. Uh, Child-rearing issues. Um, You know, and this is interesting because... You know, my husband and I talked ad nauseum about, oh, what what do you think we'll be like as parents? That's such crap. You know, yeah. you don't know what you're going to be like until you're actually in the trenches, 
and somebody screaming at nine decimals in your ear and you're like, oh my God, I got to yeah. leave you all. <laughs> well, sometimes though it's the child. Like sometimes the child is just horrible. Like That's you just true. get a bad kid. That's true. And a lot of, I mean, kids can really, re- I mean, mine, you were great, you know, but sometimes they're just awful and they really can ruin it for you. Yeah, I mean, for the the amount. Do you have any kids? I don't. My brother has four kids. How are they? How are they, or how old are they? How are they like toward like are they good ones or bad ones? I so far they're all pretty good. Two of the youngest aren't. They haven't yet come out of their shell into crazy, but Mm -hmm. the older two they speak, and they're very respectful. Oh, that's good. They're brothers, and they were born very close to each other, so they know about other people from a very young age. Mm -hmm. None of them ever had that bubble where it's just about me. Right. So they're really respectful of each other and other people. We'll see, though. I think uh, things can happen, and they can become difficult. Are you enjoying being an uncle? Yes. I love being an uncle. I love being able to drop them off. Yeah. (laughs) Four is tricky because they've outnumbered you by a factor of two. That's true. Look at my math. <laughs> this show is getting too hard to follow. I know. <laughs> All right, number seven, religious and cultural strains. They say it's actually not that fair to lump religion in here because religion gets blamed, you know, it just kind of gets thrown in. I just don't understand how that can even be like a discussion beforehand. I mean, that just seems like it would be so major. You wouldn't even get married. Or is it just breaking up relationships? Or is this breaking up marriages? This is mostly marriages. But I have known people who have had some sort of crisis in their marriage. Or, you know, like a crisis in their life. Like they've lost a child or something horrible happens. And so they they turn to faith when they hadn't before. Mm -hmm. And that's a big big issue. That's too bad. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like like, um, when one spouse, like... Finds religion or something. Yeah, or like becomes best friends with Jesus, and they're like, if you don't become best friends with Jesus, it's like not going to work. And right. or they're trying to preach to you, or they like leave booklets around the house. Or <laughs> I have friends like that. I have friends who are friends with me. There's like super Christian friends, and they're still friends with me. I think because I'm like like their prayer project right. or something. But hey, I'm totally down with Jesus. I love him. Just you know, not I repent it up every day. You know, like relax about it. Found him behind my couch. Yeah. Um, uh, boredom in marriage. You know, I have to say my brother is, has been engaged for 1,100 years. And I think he's never going to get married, nor does he really want to. Yeah. I hope my future sister-in-law isn't listening to this. <laughs> he totally wants to marry you. Yeah. Um, but I was telling him, you know, they just keep coming home at night, those spouses. You know, the lock yeah. comes in that door every single night. And if you're not prepared to hear it for 40-plus years, then yeah. just don't do it. You know, it's, you've got it. You've got it. As, as, uh, as you were saying earlier, Dana, about the, um, the need to enjoy your interactions and have something at the foundation of what you like to do together and, you know. Right. You have to have something in common that's strong. And it sounds like this list is stuff you didn't have in common that became a big problem. Exactly. Yeah. What did you have in common? What did you have in common? I can't have sex. I get bored so easily, though. I had to just figure out that, like, I can't look towards other people to satisfy my, you know, need for constant drama and excitement. Right. So I just created on my own by myself. I've noticed that. (laughs) I've seen you do that. Number five, sexual incompatibility. So most of these couples uh, end up separating or divorcing, but, you know, seek outside counseling and, you know, things could happen. But, like, I mean, I would think that most everyone has sex before they get married. I mean, I do know adults who have not done that, but it seems sort of crazy to be like buying a car and not having test drove it. And then it's like, well, at some point, I mean, you didn't, I mean, it must have been good, right? At some, you just have to work to keep it going. Right. I would venture to say a good portion of these are, he wants it like it was, and she kind of wants to maybe ramp it And down. she did it like that, so he would marry her. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. <laughs> and I then think. it's like, okay, no more BJs. Sorry, baby. Especially right. after babies. After like kids, he did, so. yeah, you're tired, yeah. you know? No, no reason to, yeah. why are we staying up late? <laughs> right. I don't even like it. so i mean i think some of that is natural and some of it is not necessarily um intentionally underhanded underhanded, yeah yeah right Right. and some of it too is part of it like like when i first got married i used to be able to drink a lot more than i do now and now my liver's just tired so 
I can't drink as much, but the consequence of not getting totally wasted every weekend means we don't, I'm not like crazy swinging from the chandelier sex goddess like I was. And it's not intentional. Stop it. Of course you are. I mean, kind of. Sometimes I am. <laughs> There's other things I can do. But um, just now, not on Tuesdays. Yeah, right. Day off. <laughs> Get a day off for good behavior. Yeah, give me a break, man. <laughs> Well, and, you but, know, I mean, hormone change. levels change, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, over time. Guys are, you know, they're peaking around early 20s, right? Mm-hmm. And women are peaking around 40. Yeah. I don't know why God designed it that way. I you should get out from behind my couch and think about that. I don't yeah. know. But anyway, yeah, no, I, I, you know, those who came into marriage underhandedly trying to sabotage it with this, I think is it's a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, number four, marriage financial issues. What shock. Well, I said that. I thought that was number one. Yeah, you you put the the credit card right next to the. Oh, I have a friend who got married, and she's not really my friend. I just know her, but um, yeah, he was like you know, jets, boats, helicopters, you know, multiple houses all over the world, and then during you know the economy crisis, everything tanked, and uh, she's out of there. <laughs> Lifestyle <laughs> was curtailed, and she did not like that. So. Well, that's fair. You know, that's what she signed up for. That's the lifestyle she signed up for. Turned out that dude was pulling a fast one, really. None of that was solid, right? That was mortgage. <laughs> he should have planned financially better for the future. Are you putting lip gloss on right now? What are you doing? Well, you girls deserve the best. Get soft and supple for us. Just, I love that. Are you lubing up your lips so you can be the radio god that you are? Oh, there's no camera? Because that's like <laughs> I wish there was. We are all so good looking. There should, we should be videotaping this. The best co-host. Of um, all right, number three, physical, psychological, and emotional abuse. Mm. That's not nice. That's like what we do to each other in here. <laughs> Sad. Uh, communication breakdowns. So this will get to, we, we can get into this later of how people communicate with each other. But uh, in general, you know, if, if you always plan on agreeing with each other and you think that's good communication, you're wrong. That's not, that doesn't mean that you're communicating well. That means that somebody is not speaking. Right. And they're now harboring a lot of resentments that perhaps you don't know about. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe they're just in a lot of antidepressants and you, you have no yeah. idea. <laughs> hey, send those to the studio if you have any extra, by the way. <laughs> Care of. Uh, number one reason, uh, infidelity. Interestingly, yeah. so number you... Number one reason. Number one infidelity. reason. So interestingly, you would think that you know what infidelity means, but mm-hmm. infidelity can actually mean just a, sort of a breach of the package of trust that you've put put together, not just sexual breach, oh, yeah. but it can be, you know, some sort of emotional violation. And and they say typically couples never kind of talk about what the boundaries are because they assume that they're on the same page and this is an area where you rarely are on the same page. Oh, I totally agree. And and it's funny because when I married, Mr. Zero was a um, bachelor his whole life up until he married me at 52. And um, he's 52, not me. <laughs> You're 28. I'm much, much younger than that. So, um, no, but he would do things like he'd come home and he'd say, oh, by the way, I, I made an offer on a building today. And I'm like, what? I was like, <laughs> you made an offer to buy a building? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, that, I'm your wife. Like, we've been married a year now. Like, how could you just do that without talking? Like, you should maybe mention it to me. He's like, well, I have all the, I have the money to do it. I didn't think you care. Like, and I'm like, what do you mean it's on my credit now? Too? I mean, he just didn't get it. Right. And th- that's, you know, like a trusting. It's like, okay. And so now he's starting to be like, when people ask him stuff or he's going to do things, he'll say, and just so you know, I said, I'm going to check with my wife. And I'm like, thank you. And I mean, of course I would say, yes, honey, go ahead and buy a building or you can do whatever you want. However, you kind of just have to give the other person a heads up. Well, it's a partnership. You yeah. Know, it's, you should do things together. Yeah. Especially when it's marriage. You know, it's one thing for you to be the girlfriend. Maybe you don't get a say. But that's serious consequences when you're married. You know, this guy doesn't pay this off and he goes off to whatever island he chooses. And then you're stuck with... Yeah. Skills. Yeah, that's right. Mm, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, it's true. It's you true. didn't read the fine print, I think. He didn't know the fine print, but now right. he does. And I love him to pieces. <laughs> 
All right. So there are. Hey, are we any, gonna, any more points? Are on? we gonna um see if we want to take any calls? If anyone's going through a breakup, yeah. we can give them some advice. Yes, because you. But if you call, you can't <laughs> swear yes, or say bad our words. Advice. You absolutely want our advice. Please call us nine four nine eight two four five eight two four nine four nine UCI KUCI. If you are in marriage trouble, if you know somebody in marriage trouble, if you are contemplating getting yourself into marriage trouble, uh, breakups, divorces, whatever you want to talk about, we're talking about it all hour. Yeah. And, uh, and I have great advice, too, because I've been through a horrible breakup. So. Go ahead. Yeah, what's a, good, what's a bad one? Well, I'll tell you the number one thing to, do, to not do when you're going through a breakup, no matter what. If you've been broken up with, if you're the dump, dumped, yeah. the dumpy, what is that? That sounds good. Never. I don't care if you're vomiting blood and you're dying you do not call your ex for any reason if you left something over there you buy something new you don't go back for it you just don't you don't call them no matter what and it's it's a rule that i think most people break in fact there's a book called i feel just like this is don't call that man so this is based on something that happened i mean there feels like there's psychology behind this well yeah because when you're broken up that's all you want to do it's like when you're distraught you know, I was cheated on. I dumped him, but um, you know, you're when you're with someone for like I was with him for three years. You go through that withdrawal. It's like a drug. You know, you, you your whole life changes and you become very lonely and it's really sad and it's really hard because your everything that you do socially. You know, when you go through a divorce and especially when you're older and if you've been, you know, and I was engaged to, to this nim, Nimrod, <laughs> but uh, you. Um, you know, your social life and your friends kind of pick sides. And sometimes, you know, you just don't get, you, you know, you don't have the same, I mean, you just don't have the same life. It totally turns it upside down. And so, you know, you have those moments where you really want to call and you just can't, you've just got to move on and move past it. So I have a question for you because I've been married for 13 years now. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't gone through a breakup or, or anything like this since I was in my 20s. And I'm wondering if when you're a teenager and a 20-something and, you know, the emotions are running higher because everything's new and, you know, relationships, you haven't done a lot of them, Does it? do you feel like it hurts more when you're young and there's sort of a raw edge to it and you haven't been through a bulk of experiences of breaking up? Or do you feel like it all depends on the significance of the relationship? It's, it's definitely the significance of the relationship because I was previously married for 19 years and when I broke up with my husband although it was very sad and depressing I was able to move on because it was such a long arduous you know the last few years were just like I was really distraught because I felt like I wasn't in the right relationship and I had you know teenage children at the time so that was really difficult for me but so then you had years to mourn it yeah I, I was really like a long slow kind of you know, painful. But with the second relationship where I was engaged and it was only three years, um, it was such a shock, you know, when you're cheated on. I think there's a, the dynamic of that part of the relationship. And then it's sort of like, how could you do this to me? And you just feel like, he almost puts you in sort of a desperate, but it also just depends on your personality. Like, I'm, I'm more of a needy person. I like to be in relationships, um, you know, where some people are just like fine on their own so they can just move on and move past it easily. But, but typically there's that time, you know, right after the breakup and you need to just um, build a support group and you have to take take the actions of building a new social area and social support group and change your lifestyle and then your feelings will follow. But it, but you have to take those actions before before you'll have the new feelings of comfort. Right, right. You are tuned into the chat room at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're taking your calls, 949-824-5824 on uh, divorce, breakups, and uh, the reasons for them and what to do if you find yourself in that situation. I feel like I cut you off. Well, you know what I was just thinking? I thought, you know, since this is Elizabeth's last show, it's almost like, I don't know, why don't we maybe treat her as the guest? And yeah. No, that's good. You, I'm curious about You really should have heard the, all the rest of this um, quarter show. <laughs> it was all about me. I'm well, now that I'm here and I can ask questions, I'm, I'm actually curious oh. of this breakup you were talking about, this last yeah, one, yeah. the one where he cheated on you, mm-hmm. you broke up with him. Were there red flags you ignored? Oh, 
absolutely. That's like a whole other thing. That yeah, we think we did a show on red flags even. But yeah, you know, I I take complete and full responsibility for that. My part in that, in that there were many red flags, and and people tend to ignore them, and I ignored them, because um, you know, I was thinking ahead. I want what I wanted for my family and for my children and for his children, and um, so you just kind of say, talk yourself into it, and well, and then then once you're in a relationship with someone for like a you know you put a year into it and then you're like okay well I put a year into it you know you try to make it work but in my case I was um, engaged to a man who's a sociopath so he just lied and told me whatever I wanted to hear so it made it more difficult though even though the red flags were there he would say oh no 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 I'm going to do this and it really wasn't who he was And but I would believe him because it's what I wanted to hear um, and that was my fault for not uh, recognizing that. Well, I don't know how you would have known, because if he's a good sociopath, he's great at like confusing the issues and yeah. putting a spell on you. How would you be able to know what's true and what's not? Yeah. I wasn't so much looking for blame as no. it's interesting the things that we do ignore, because yeah. I guess they seem to... They, feel like they tend to be patterns like mm-hmm. if we don't deal with it the next relationship when that pops up we may ignore it or we may go to the other side mm-hmm. do you feel mm-hmm. you are repeating or you have gone to the other side and been a little more well i think what i want to address what you said previously you said if he was a good sociopath how would i know and i think the way that you know is that if somebody if i were to say to you um okay i promise i'm not going to do this behavior anymore because you've addressed now you've asked me to stop doing a certain behavior and I said, okay, I promise. Okay, that's right. I, I agree with you. But then it keeps happening. You know, six months or three months goes by. It happens again. Oh, you're, oh well, I'm sorry. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that you meant that. And, you know, you just, after a couple of those little kinds of things, it's, it's like they can't, um, they can lie to you all they want, but they can't maintain the behavior. They can't maintain consistency in their, in their um, promises or their follow-through. And, um, what is it? Lie to so, me once, shame on you. Lie mm-hmm. to me twice, shame on me. Yeah. yeah. And so when you kind of see that consistent behavior, and when somebody tells you too, oh, by the way, 10 years ago I cheated on my wife and left her and my children for another woman, that's a big red flag. And I really, truly am a believer now, once a cheater, always a cheater. I think that if that's a pattern, if you cheated um, on your spouse and it ended up breaking up your family and you had to leave your children i mean when you have that an extreme situation of cheating i think that you're going to repeat that behavior i think it's going to be really difficult for you to to break that you know if you can make that kind of a decision i think if it's like a one or two kind of thing or if you're young and you cheat you know those kinds of things are pretty common not everybody's perfect but i think if it's a regular repeated you know kind of a thing got to look out right right now what was the second part of your question the second part was afterwards, now that you kind of, in hindsight, realized, all right, maybe I was a little too lenient with him, mm-hmm. are you now maybe a little more strict when you get, like, when you smell something fishy, oh, you my gosh. investigate it quickly? Yeah, I mean, when my poor poor Mr. Zero when I was dating him, <laughs> I mean, I didn't even go out on a date with him until I had Googled him and I'd run a background check. Literally, I mean, he came up clean, thank God. But... um Plus, the gal who introduced us knew him for 20 years, and, and so and I'd met a few of his other friends who had, were able to vouch for him. But otherwise, I wouldn't even have dated him. I wasn't going to date anybody for a while. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, now it's like I'm, I'm more on it. I'm like, uh, I hold people to what they say, and I, get, I hold them accountable. Yeah. Good, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I've cut, gotten rid of a lot of my friends, girlfriends, too. I just... If you're going to be full of drama and BS, bye. I don't need you. I just don't. Yeah, that brings up an interesting issue, which is related to trying to find that one. It's related to who you put in your life anyways. Yeah. Because I think what you're saying, the vouching, that really is the best way to find someone. Because you don't have to worry about where's this guy been for 20 years. Well, he's been hanging out with these people, and these people are kind of cool. Yeah, right. it's true. It's a good point. Did you find that maybe some of your friends you cut out brought you the wrong type of men? Did that ever happen? Uh, no. No. Because I was married when I was 21, and then I was married for 19 years, and then I dated a few people, and then got engaged, and then Mm -hmm. dumped him, and got married. (laughs) 
What was the time between, um, what was your recovery time between this sociopath relationship and meeting Mr. Zero? Did you give About yourself four hours? I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I didn't date anyone for three months and I was really like, I'm not dating anyone. And I didn't even want to date him, but my friend really was trying to set us up and tricked me into meeting him. And I met him and then I waited, I made him wait a month to, to go out. He wanted to go out with me the next day. He wanted to ask me out and I said, no, thank you. I'm still not ready. And then by the fourth month, I was ready, and I went on a date with him. And then our third date was in France. So, so it was, fast. and then we were married six months later. So, so it was really fast. Yeah, but it was just one of those things where it's like you, like I was engaged to the other guy, but I was like, I just didn't want to marry him. You know, you just didn't feel like you could trust him. And with Mister Zero, I was like, I definitely feel comfortable. This person is every th- single thing he does is, you know, he doesn't lie, or, but he's just he, you can back up everything he does. Right. Right. Just the character and integrity factor. And I think that's something that if you want to have a relationship work out, you know, if you have to have character and integrity. Yeah, my mom, so my dad was a serial cheater uh, forever, like, you know, before they were even married. And they were married 17 years. And, uh, man, she was very on it uh, with everybody she dated after that. I mean, she was putting up with nothing. (laughs) I felt sorry for the guys she dated in in the wake of that because she was... Yeah. Good. She was tough. She was tough. Yeah. Well, it was good. you know, women are taught to be nice and to be pleasant. And, oh, okay. And, you know, and, you know, when we start getting in your face and saying, hey, you know, then all of a sudden, oh, we're a BI, you know. Right. I think Those you do letters. make a good point, Elizabeth, that women should be more assertive with their boundaries. I think the tough part is when she like your mother, for instance, is still kind of hurt, and she's kind of expressing it to these guys. She's not necessarily as much just being protective, but she also has some emotions. She has some issues. You know, when infidelity happens, it's a major blow. It's violence. And if you don't kind of work through those kind of issues, it will make you a little bit insecure. Right. And so it's a little unfair for the men to have to deal with, you know, the negativity that really they don't deserve if all they're doing is like going out and doing something suspicious-ish that maybe your father did at one time, that's difficult. And that's... I think that's that's an excellent point, Dana, because they, um, that that happened a little bit with my husband at first. You know, if his phone was sitting there, I'd just pick it up and look at it. And I'm like, and he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking at your phone. If that's a problem, let me know now while we're dating because that's just, you have to be able to be a total open book with me. I was just so like in a place of like, oh, and now I really never look at it. I mean, it's been, we've been married it'll know him three years but it's been two and a half years and i'm a lot more comfortable but at first i was just a total basket case and so yeah i did put him through that so sorry (laughs) but you know what if that's if that's the case and you're with someone who's been lied to or anything like that then you need to be sensitive and say hey i'll work with you And, and if you have something to hide uh you know then obviously you don't want someone going through your phone but if you have nothing to hide then just relax and you know let that person deal and get through their issue and certainly if you're in a relationship that has you have broken that trust then um one of the key things that um a counselor and and i've read in um the courage to trust and surviving infidelity both of those books say that the person who broke the trust or was the infidel um needs to surrender their accounts you you can look on their Facebook, you can look on their um, email, and you can look on their cell phone, and they have to be an open book because that's how you regain, you have to build trust. You don't just get it after you've broken it. Right. right. That makes a lot of sense. You're talking about for an existing relationship, for it to survive? Correct. We need total open book. Yeah. yeah. It's like zero tolerance yeah. for secrets now. Now I have to, in order, mm-hmm. and, and it takes a person time, and the, and the person who cheated is going to feel really like, oh, how could you do this? And But if they're going to stop cheating and they have nothing to hide, then there should be no problem with the person. And it's it's extremely healing for the person who's been cheated on. Because over time, then you can kind of, like, and this is what happened with me and my husband, is I was able to sort of calm down and say, okay, now I can relax about this. This guy's not going anywhere. And so just emails are so boring. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it just works all the time. It's just like... <laughs> Poor angel. Well, and I think, you know, he wasn't married before, but he had to have had fairly serious relationships before. And if you have a pattern of why those relationships ended, that's probably a pretty good indicator of what the kind of guy he's going to be like with you. Yeah. 
which obviously is not not along those patterns, so that's good. Yeah, that's good. maybe. We'll see. I'll, <laughs> I'll come back to the chat room and tell you if we're still married in a few months. <laughs> maybe she'll call. Uh, I'll call in, yeah. All right, advice. so there, there are 15 signs. There are big red flags that you can look for in your, in your marriage to predict whether or not you'll get divorced. Some of these you have control over, some of these you don't. But if you, the biggest one is if you're a woman who got married before the age of 18, uh, your marriage has a 48% chance of divorce within 10 years. I can't remember. You said you were 21. Correct. So it's really in the teenage years. But I was emotionally 12. (laughs) Well, and that's the other thing is that, you know, you can have a guy who's, you know, or a woman like me who's 40 and, you know, you're like, yeah, you're like a 12-year-old. I can't believe you're 40, Marie. You're so hot. 41. Thanks. Thanks. Looking good. It's a lot of work. Um, If you're a woman who wants a child, either a first child or an additional child, much more strongly than your Mm -hmm. spouse, you're doomed. You're twice as likely to end in divorce. If you have two sons, you face a 36.9% likelihood of divorce. But if you have two daughters, it's 43%. Wait, daughters, how? daughters are more. Wow. If you have two daughters, your your What's odds the percentage for boys? 36.9. Oh, wow, that's incredible. But you know, interestingly, this isn't on a 100% scale because wait till I get to the lesbians. They Well, are there were big four trouble. girls in my family and my parents got divorced. So is that like double? <laughs> I don't know. So like 80% when you have four <laughs> girls instead of two. They did get divorced, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, if you're a man with high basal testosterone, you're 43% more likely to get divorced. Why is that, do you think? Men with low testosterone because horny? you're horny. Yeah. You're out looking. Do you have a lot of testosterone, Dana? I was about to ask, like, where would I go? Is there a machine in there Rite is. Aid where I can find out? We can do it right here. Right I know. Here. But, right, part of the, <laughs> like, take chat room cup. test kit. Yeah. yeah. Take this restroom around the corner. <laughs> I don't think so, to tell you the truth, because I get a lot of comments that I'm very comfortable with my feminine side. So yeah. I guess not. Which side is your feminine side? Yeah. I I'm, not sure that that means, I'm not sure that means you have low testosterone because... Yeah, I don't know. You have a lot of facial hair. And yeah, it I was going to say, voice. facial hair and deep voice are indicators yeah. of high testosterone. Okay, so testosterone is physical care. It They tend to come out in physical we just want to know how horny you are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, we're, but we I, just I can met go you, so. up and down. <laughs> Depends I, on the time of month. I can be coaxed out of my cave. <laughs> but I can go a long time pretty chaste. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I, I won't have to go to the bathroom to <laughs> handle other You can make things. it the next 20 yeah. minutes. <laughs> I, I can wait till I get home. You can say anything. Don't worry. Yeah. You can low cut as low as you can. Oh, it's nice. cleavage day, you know. Oh, is oh it? yeah, it's National it Cleavage is. Day. National Cleavage Day today. So uh, if you could uh, help us out here. <laughs> do you want some of mine? I would. Honestly? I would. Because I do. You see, can clench yourself a, together. Is this a testosterone thing, too? Because you know how some guys kind of have some chest? Yeah. I, yeah. I can make some cleavage. For no, you really you don't have any. Don't you look pretty fit, actually. Oh, thank you. You, you do. You do. How old are you, Dana? I am 34. Oh, you're last young. Week. It's like it's a question. Yeah, yeah I'm I 34. To be honest, I can't. I 30. In my head, I'm doing the math. <laughs> I was I born in 1978. Uh-huh. There you go. 34. <laughs> so we've got a spectrum. Yeah, we yeah. Do. Which is good. It's a it's a narrow yeah. spectrum. Because I'm 105. <laughs> it's a pretty big spectrum. All right. If your child has been diagnosed with ADHD, you are 22% more likely to divorce before that child turns eight. Yeah. And parents without that issue. Uh, if you're currently married but have cohabitated with a lover other than your spouse, you are slightly more than twice as likely to divorce. So if you're uh, if you're a shacker upper mm-hmm. with people other than your husband. Uh, if you didn't smile for fo- fo- <laughs> this is hilarious. If you didn't smile for photographs early in life, your marriage is five times more likely to end in divorce than if you smiled intensely in early photographs. Wow, that's so weird. I guess this is a depression versus you know glass half full versus yeah. half empty thing. Oh, perhaps maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That could contribute to more negative encounters with your spouse if you're the type that will indulge in depression instead of indulging in joy right yeah if that guy can't handle that i'm, I'm saying from a man's yeah. perspective that's going to be difficult and i think there's a lot of people that do have trouble with depression they don't like sad stuff you know just can we just talk happy you know it's personality conflict right 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 yeah that has to be what that's getting at because 
Otherwise, what an odd little statistic. <laughs> uh, if your child has died after the 20th week of pregnancy, during labor or soon after labor, you're 40% more likely to divorce than if you had not lost a child. That's a big one. If you're a woman who has recently been diagnosed with cancer or MS, your marriage is six times more likely to end in divorce. If you're a Caucasian woman and you're separated from your spouse, there's 98% chance that you'll be divorced within six years of that separation. Wow. Hispanic women, it goes down to 80%. So apparently Hispanics are more likely to separate but stay together. And African-American goes down even more to 72%. So... These are people who split but then get back together again. Or are they people that split and just never finalize the divorce? That could be true. That could be true. Yes. Yeah. I happen to they have don't gone believe, this with my they, mom. They don't believe in divorce. You divorced your mom? She separated, <laughs> but she actually went back to my dad. But there was moments oh. where divorce was going to be final. Yeah. The problem was it's confusing to finish. I'm just talking about California. It's a little confusing to finish your divorce without a lawyer. Yeah. So kind of people who don't have as much money and maybe aren't as uh, secure in their own ability to make good decisions, I don't know, maybe you just stick with the separation. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Well, it is, yeah. There's a lot to be determined when you have to you know, separate property, and sometimes it's financially really difficult. Right, you right. Know, you can't maintain two households, so. Right, right. Math is hard. <laughs> you have to do all that paperwork. I know. Uh, these are so ridiculous. If you're a dancer or choreographer, you face a 43% likelihood of divorce yes. compared with mathematicians. That sounds dancer. like closeted, and animal closeted gays marrying straight women more yeah. than anything. Oh, that could be. I, there just happens to be Or a it could be a prima ballerina. You're talking. Oh, you're you're saying dancers. If she's a professional, that makes sense because she. Oh, what would kind be of dancer kind of, though? Maybe she's a pole dancer, like pole in a dancer. strip club. That could be. So this does not break down by gender. This is like this, overall. That's correct. Okay. It, right. So that's, that's correct. It's tough to. It's tough to make. Yeah, but mathematicians mathematicians do not get divorced as much. Wow. And animal trainers, not so much. Oh. <laughs> All right, these are ridiculous. Hey, I printed I've got out the wrong list. I've got something Go funny ahead. here. So um, there's 44 easy steps. Um, to break up with someone, and I'll just go through all 44 real quick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll just go through the first kind of few because it'll, it'll give you the idea. It's kind of funny. It says, get a boyfriend, tell everyone you know you have a boyfriend, update your Facebook profile to reflect that you now have a boyfriend. So stop hanging out with your friends so you can spend every minute with your boyfriend. Go on the pill so you can have lots of unprotected sex with your boyfriend. Start reading the knot and daydream about planning a wedding for your with your boyfriend. Look for apartments on Craigslist. Craigslist, you can move in together. Stock your fridge with your boyfriend's favorite beer. Get annoyed when your boyfriend wants to hang out with the other guys. Get angry when your boyfriend runs into a girl you used to date at a party. And go out, uh, go balls out ballistic when you and your boyfriend run into one of his coworkers and he introduces you as a friend. Break up. Tell everyone you've broken up. Change your Facebook status. And it could, that's only, I'm only on, let's see, that was for number 14, so, but you get the idea, it's like, you know, you go through that whole, this is how, yeah, garbage of like, Facebook status, and telling everybody, and you, and the, I think the point of this, even though it's really funny, is it's like, you know, don't, don't do that whole Facebook thing, and don't, like, neglect your friends when you get into a relationship, but don't totally, like, make it all about one person. Now, let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. Across your three major relationships that you've had, your first long-term marriage. Oh, I've had many more than that. But I know. I know. You know what I mean. But you talk consistently about these three. So yeah. you, you have the 19-year marriage. The ones that traumatized me. You have the three-year um, infidelity, horrible. Relationship with Satan. Satan. <laughs> exactly. And your current marriage. Yes. Did you have the same communication style with your with all three of those partners? Do you remain consistent in the way that you, or do you each have your own individual dance? That the, does the relationship have its own little dance of how you communicate? You know, I think I've I'm pretty much the same person. I've always been pretty self centered and selfish. <laughs> I continue that. You're the sort alpha of thing. dog in the in the yeah. relationship. No, I um I'm pretty consistent. I'm just much more mature now. So, like you remember. But what was the number one on the list of your things? It was like um, positiveness or something. What was that whole thing? The number, the number one, number Killer. ten reason why we yeah split up. Is you that split what you're up. About? Yeah, say that one again. 
Uh, what, we differences in priorities and expectations. No, no, no. What was the first one then? Number one was infer- uh, infidelity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was infidelity. Oh, well, there was one that was about something about being positive. And uh, that, I think that, that was, was the point. Th- yeah, that, that was, was a theory that I had heard that yeah. tends to put people in a position where they will break up is having yeah. a five times to one ratio of negative to positive interaction. And that's what's been, that is what's different in my marriage. Isn't that something that I recognize is that I'm extremely positive. I mean, there's some days he comes home and I'm looking pretty crazy when I have a deadline to write something the next day and nothing's written. But um, for the most part, I'm smiling. I look attractive and I'm very pleasant. You know, but when my husband came home and I had little toddlers running around, you know, it was really easy to go, oh my God, and blah, 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 and then drama and just unload on him as soon as he walked in the door. And even though you know you're not supposed to do that, um, you still kind of do. And then, um, you know, as I've matured and I've... um, become more relaxed calm down yeah yeah you know around 4:20 every afternoon <laughs> you pour a cocktail i relax tea time <laughs> tea time so yeah so you just i have a sort of a whole different perspective as a matured as an adult woman that it's just like you know you just got to like just kick it relax you know one thing i think Be that you do happy. great well, i don't know cuz i've never even met your spouse but it yeah. seems like you dress up for him so it seems like you really care a lot about your parents, and he's worthy of your time and attention to yourself to dress up for him. And I, yeah, I try to look. You don't cute. get you know bored and like, well, you married yeah. this, so you're gonna. You, can you know, and when, when our first Halloween together was one of the first years that I decided to dress in up in, for Halloween and be something sexy, and I always thought, oh, those dumb girls, you know. Sure, yeah. yeah, it's so goofy. But I'm like, hey, I'm 45, and this isn't going to last forever. And I'm, I look pretty good for my age. I'll just say that. You can check me out on the Internet if you like. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm like, I'm going to work it. I, I want to be sexy for him. Yeah. Well, I can be. It's not going to be cute in, you know, 20 years from now. Because Dana brought this up earlier, and I think it's really true that you you sign up for something. I don't know if it was the yacht and the big, you know, credit card that you sign up for. That's not really that fair. But you do sign up for a person to look a certain way and to act a certain way. And they hold themselves out as one thing when they're dating, and then, you know, they let it all go. Yeah. After they get married. And that's that's sort of a breaking of the contract, right? That's not what you signed up for. Absolutely it is. I think it it goes to show that this person that did this probably has a need for you, need for that relationship. The need for that relationship is higher than their need for integrity or honesty. You know, they're willing to lie to get you, mm-hmm. which I think just goes to show that they need someone really bad. But I don't think it's a good reason for you to... Or anyone to get in a relationship with that person. Well, that person has some issues. I definitely agree with that. However, there's also the factor for women when you have children and all of a sudden, you know, you gain 40 pounds, you know, and it's not easy to get off. And then you're nursing the child and they're climbing all over you. Your workout schedule, I mean, the priority for that just goes out the window because you're really truly exhausted. And so to now, now when your life has radically changed with children, um, you know, for you to have, you now have to change as a person to incorporate your same, you know, when you had all this free time before you had children, now you have no free time and you have to somehow make some time to maintain yourself. And, you know, when I would, you know, my husband said to me when he met me, he's like, you're so naturally pretty. And I'm like, um, there's nothing natural about any of this. I work you really, really hard and I, mean, I you spend have to have some foundation. a ton of money on cosmetics and hair and boobs and clothes and all that stuff fake tan i mean it's not easy being a woman it's not easy i got my (laughs) nails done ow but you have to have a strong foundation to work from which you clearly did what what do you mean by that yeah you know what i mean by that i've seen your facebook photos from when you were 19 oh my god oh did i look cute so cute well thanks but i mean you know I, yeah, you're, you're not giving yourself enough credit, I think. For well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you sign up, when you do get married, I would hope that some discussion of child, whether or not you would want to have children, would come up. Yeah. And when you do, mm-hmm. I think you're right. There's going to be a period where, you know, the machinery kind of needs some downtime. Yeah. You know, after you have the child and then while you're nursing and while you're raising. Mm-hmm. Having heels on when you come home isn't necessarily going to be yeah. high priority for the woman. Yeah. But as long as you guys were up front in the beginning, which I don't know your situation, but I know right. a lot of couples, just babies, just kind of happen. 
Yeah, they do. Oh, a large percentage. I think it's over 50% of pregnancies are unplanned. So, yeah. yeah. But even either way, I mean, it's such a disruption in your life. Um, So, I mean, you just, you can't, no one can really tell you what your life's going to be like. It's just such a shock when it happens. Um, But, you know, if you're, that's why it's nicer to wait, you know. It's so sad, all these teen moms. Last week we we spoke about teen mothers. And I think it's just so um, important to be older because then you can really prioritize and make yourself a priority. Right, right, right. How about you, uh, Dana? Have you been through massive, ugly breakups that have... Yes, I've been through some bad ones, starting in eighth grade. Would you um, like to know? About yeah. That? That, that was a really bad one. Because it, it traumatized you, didn't yeah, it, for it your whole life? it was very scary the way it happened, because I had been lived a charm existence for the two years before. <laughs> Maybe a little precocious. I think I had a girlfriend in fifth grade. Wow. Everything was smooth till eighth grade until, you know, you go to kiss this girl and she turns away. Oh. That's the first time that ever happened. I didn't know it would happen. And I didn't really, I know I didn't speak to anyone about it. I really didn't have anyone to talk about it. Wow. So slowly it was made clear that she wanted some other dude. And for six months, you know, I'm coming home crying mm-hmm. in my little day bed and calling her incessantly. Oh. Until you find someone else. Yeah. So when she pulled away from you, did that just, did your body have like an actual physical yeah. response to that? It and what did like, that feel like? It was... Um, it was similar to when, like, your mom would push you away, like, oh. not now. It was like a reprimand. It felt like punishment. Scolding. So yes. now, so when you became an adult, and if you ever received rejection, did your body have the same physical response? Yes. I still have problems with that. I no longer just kiss girls. <laughs> I now will tell them I'm going to kiss them ahead of time. You do? And what's funny is like, a lot how does of, it go? Like, okay, so we're like, yeah, and, I will talk you, about kissing. Say it, like, yeah, say I will it? say, like, you know, I would love to kiss you. Oh, that's cute. So you, you you're sort of waiting for permission. I will. So it's still like a not a not a maternal. Uh, relationship, but you're you're waiting for acceptance. You know, you're, you're reacting to that scolding thing. I am, and I think what it comes down to is I'm more comfortable with a verbal no or a verbal kind of maybe later mm-hmm. than the physical, which is very binary. It's a yes or no, and she turns her cheek or she doesn't. Yeah. I prefer to. I have more verbal facility than than the ability to deal with physical rejection. So I just, hey, what do you think about kissing? What do you like about kissing? <laughs> you ever kiss a guy with That's glasses? That's really interesting. Yeah. That's really true. Mm-hmm. That a physical rejection is so much more painful than a verbal rejection. I haven't thought about that before, but that's so true. I think, like yeah. anything, you know how we make rituals around things? For instance, just with marriage, why do we have a wedding? It's yeah. a physical ritual to make things seem very important. Yeah. And I just know for me personally, when I see something like that happen, and it's something that's very near and dear to me, you know, it's important. I like kisses. I want kisses. So when I don't get them, it's, it's upsetting. It's, it's just hard for me. And I think it's something that you can get better at. You can get better at physical rejection because we do have to live in the world. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. going to be people we want to be friends with. And yeah. they think, yeah, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the way I coped with the limited skills I had. You know, my parents, you know, both of them were only married twice, and that's pretty much all they're dating, you know. Wow. They both had a previous marriage, both divorced young, and then it was them for, I think they're going on 41 years. Nice. So they've been married a long time. They have no dating experience. My dad's advice is do whatever she says. Yeah. Do whatever it takes to make her happy. That's oh, his advice. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't, I don't know it if never that's a good idea. Where were you when I was dating? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sadly, we have drawn down on our time, but um, that closes out the uh, the winter quarter of the chat room. We're going to be right back here with you next Friday. Hopefully, Elizabeth will uh, will visit us now and then. Hope she doesn't leave us completely. Well, you'll see me. I'll be here f- half an hour right before you two. I know. I'll see you. So that'll be good stuff, kid. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, so Dana and I will think of something fantastic to talk to you about next week. So uh, tune in. Join us next Friday night, 5 o'clock, right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We will see you then.